Good evening. Our top stories tonight, we're getting our first glimpses of all the rookies across the NFL, including Bryce Young, who is just so, so, so tiny. We've got that. We've got CJ Stroud. We've got updates on all these other rookies. Updates on the Washington Commanders. Ding dong, Dan Snyder is gone. And more on Player Profiler today. Hello as well to our friend, Senor Football. Hola, my friend. Happy to have you on the show and everyone else watching. If you are tuning in, make sure you like the video, share the video, and subscribe because we need to bring you the news. We need to bring you the truth. And the truth is Bryce Young is just so, so very small. I mean, behind the backup offensive line. For the Carolina Panthers, no less. The backup. He is a tiny, tiny guy. I mean, see for yourself here. That is Bryce Young standing behind the backup offensive line. Because Bryce Young is working as a second stringer currently. And watch as he just completely disappears behind this Panthers offensive line. Who, remember is the backups. And yeah, I, I know it's out of perspective, but I mean, come on. Even with the depth perception here, look at how small Bryce Young is compared to his offensive line. It is just, it's it's bad. It's really, really bad. I mean, Cody Carpentier takes the scream grab. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where did Bryce Young go? He's gone. He has disappeared. Oh, there he goed. There he is. There's Bryce Young with his offensive line as Jason Allwine posted on Twitter in the screen grab. And again, it's shot from a camera. Angles are weird. But it's concerning how small Bryce Young is. It really, really is concerning. He is a tiny, tiny guy. And I know you'll say, well, the offensive line that he had out of Alabama, they were only like half an inch shorter and they were only like uh, 10, almost 10 pounds lighter. It's not that big of a difference. It is though. And it's a difference when the defensive linemen are as big as they are in the NFL. They're huge. The defensive linemen that we see today. Bryce Young, I'm rooting for him. He was a magician in college. Would love to see him succeed. But he just is such an outlier in terms of size. He's Doug Flutie. He's offensive Rudy Rudiger. He's a tiny, tiny guy. But maybe... He is the outlier that he says he is. Before we get to more of Bryce Young, these rookies, Jonathan Mingo as well, we do have to hear a word from our lovely, lovely sponsors over at Rival Fantasy. Podfather, take it away. Hey, it's the Podfather. Now, in the offseason, I get into baseball, I get into basketball, and my preferred platform to play fantasy sports 
is Rival Fantasy because Rival Fantasy has challenges where you can just take a guy and say, hey, this guy's going to score more fantasy points than this guy. They put two shortstops together, pick one. Point guards, pick one. Spoiler alert, you should pick Damian Lillard. <laughs> or they have the Fantasy Book where you could pick over, under, over, under, over, under, and up to five guys, and then the more you pick, your potential payout quickly escalates. And finally, I submit a bingo card because you can just go over, under, over, under, over, under across the board, get your fantasy bingo card set, submit it. I'm not the biggest basketball or baseball expert, but I have a hell of a lot of fun playing fantasy sports on RivalFantasy.com. And the best part is with promo code PLAYER, they refund up to $50 of any losses. So the promo code there is PLAYER on RivalFantasy.com. Go have some fun. Go and have some fun courtesy of Player Profiler. Senor Football, I understand it is tough to share the edge. So if you can't commit to sharing the wealth of knowledge that we have here, maybe you try out some of our products. Use promo code PLAYER. Sign up for the all-in package. Use promo code JACK for $10 off 100 and $25 for the all-in package have access to all of the information that I have that helps you win championships, clearly. Appreciate you, Senor Football, as well as the Harry Snowman. I hope you're right. I really, really hope you're right that Young will be fine. But I'm nervous. I'm just nervous. This is a historical outlier in size. And it would take a historical outlier for him to succeed. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it is unlikely and it scares me just a bit. Patriots went eight and nine with Patricia as OC last year. Give them two more wins. That's that's always tough to say, though. We can't just pencil it in because we see all these changes at different positions. The offensive line has gotten worse for the New England Patriots. Riley Reef is their starting right tackle. I don't know. Doug Flutie is the comp for Bryce Young. Doug Flutie, Johnny Manziel is the analytical comp, and that's not based on size or the combine or anything else. That is just based on the college numbers. Johnny Manziel. Looks like Mac from Super Troopers. I can dig it. What a great show. Absolutely love, not show, but movie, but love Super Troopers. Registered for the all-in. Let's go, Harry. Or not Harry. No, man. Senior football. Appreciate you. That is how you show support when you can't share the edge with all of your friends. Appreciate you, my friend. Biggest problem for Young isn't his height, but lack of fantasy ceiling. Also very true. The Panthers are going to have to pass a lot, and I don't know if they really want to. Not sure that the Pats, because Pat, yeah, Pats do have a tough schedule and injuries do happen. It is tough to just lock things in. But continuing with Bryce Young, we also did get our first glimpse of Bryce Young to Jonathan Mingo, number 15 for the Carolina Panthers. I think he rocks it pretty well. I think he looks all right. And again, this is just nothing. This is just throwing in shorts. It doesn't matter, but... Look at those calves. Look at the calves. I guess you can't really see that well on the screen, but I implore you, go look this up on the Player Profiler Twitter account, at Roto Underworld. The calves on Jonathan Mingo. He is just a big, fast dude. Whether that translates on the field, I don't know. I hope it does. But either way, Jonathan Mingo, big, fast, scared. Oh, that is the show sheet. Didn't mean to share that. Meant to exit the screen. Trying all these new things, trying all these new things, bringing you clips. I think we're going to do this more. I think that 
the hype machine is crazy, right? We all know this. This is why you come to me. This is why you listen to Player Profiler today. So we can discern the hype together. And I think I'm going to start showing you just more clips that we're seeing from training camp to highlight these stories a little bit better. Let me know what you think about it so far. But I think being able to see Bryce Young compared to his offensive line, I think that is something that matters, something that we want to see, something that we want to compare. But let me know what you think. And let me know what you think about Anthony Richardson. Everything we hear about this guy, Anthony Richardson, is just the most upstanding gentleman. Anthony Richardson, just a true good person. So we hear this report that there was a rookie event. I don't know what it was, but it ends. Things got messy. You know, the room was a little bit dirty. And Richardson stays behind and cleans up because he didn't think that it was acceptable to leave this room in the state that they did and that, no, we have to make this cleaner for the staff to do their jobs. And Demore Smith, the head of the NFLPA, is telling him, you don't have to do this. This isn't your job. No, he stayed. He cleaned up after fellow rookies. Fourth overall pick. Generational wealth. And Anthony Richardson is still the guy cleaning up after events. Love to see it. Everything we hear about Anthony Richardson makes you believe he is going to be a success. The athleticism, the character, the makeup, the build as a human being, the work ethic. It's hard to see Anthony Richardson busting. It really is. He is a special, special individual. Dolphins last in the East. East is going to be just competitive in general. More, cl oh, more clips because not all of us see those clips. Perfect, Senor Football. I will be showing more clips. That was the plan anyways. I figured if anyone said no, I would be quite surprised, but daily sports news from and that's what we're here for we are here to sift through the fugazi through all of the garbage through all of the hype and tell you what is actually happening what is actually actionable that's what we're here for to bring you all the news all of the updates including jackson smith in jigba working out with odell beckham deandre hopkins and saquon barkley Jackson Smith and Jigba has already been accepted into the upper echelon of NFL players. He's been accepted into the fraternity of elite playmakers at the NFL level. Love to see it. Absolutely love to see it. I love seeing players work out with each other throughout the offseason from opposite teams. I don't care about the competitive advantage at all. I care about these players getting better and learning from each other. This is why offensive O-line masterminds, offensive line masterminds, Duke Manyweather, I believe his name is. I apologize if I'm wrong, but O-line masterminds with Jeff Schwartz and Duke Manyweather. It is incredible because it is people at the pinnacle of their career learning from each other, working together. It is a symbiotic relationship that improves offensive line play across the NFL. And it's the same seeing Jackson Smith and Jigba work out with these incredible talents, these elite athletes. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a real one. Jackson Smith and Jigba to the moon. And no, I'm not just biased because he was so polite to me at the draft when I met him. Just a good guy. I cannot stress it enough. The 
humbleness, but confidence at the same time. The aura that he gave off, it was truly, truly incredible. And speaking of aura, the aura around Jordan Addison rocking that number three. Who? Absolutely elite. Jordan Addison has established himself as the wide receiver too. We already knew he was. We already knew Quentin Johnston wasn't passing him. We already knew he had flowers. But Jordan Addison in that number three, whoo, that looks cold as hell. The vibes are immaculate. The aura is immaculate, unlike Dalton Kincaid, number 86. And I know that's the number he wore in college, but college number is not as important, you know? You come in as a freshman, there's only certain numbers available, so you take what you get, but you got to be able to pivot once you have options. Dalton Kincaid, he sticks with number 86 and just, I don't know, he's fine. He's Dalton Kincaid. He is exactly what you expect. Apologize if this is a little bit laggy. My computer is, oh, no, we're fine. But anyways, Dalton Kincaid, he he's fine, you know, he's running routes as a slot, as a tight end, but just that number 86, the aura around Dalton Kincaid, I just don't buy it. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe we're biased here at Player Profiler. We've been talking that Dalton Kincaid, drafting tight ends that early, how often does it pay off? But I don't know. What about this image instills you with confidence? Nothing. Nothing to me. Dalton Kincaid, number 86, Buffalo Bills. And it's just in shorts. I know it doesn't matter that much. I know, but Dalton Kincaid, underwhelming. And these are just the little things that I pick up on. The swag factor of different players, the energy. This is something that Anand Nanduri turned me on to. If you're a defensive back and you go no tie with a chain, and you are swagged the hell out at the NFL draft, that makes me want you more. When you have the quiet confidence of Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's a dog. That makes me want you more on my team. It really does. Look where Dalton Kincaid is in the slot. Well, he did mix up. He was in line for the first route and his slot for the second too. He's going to do both, but uh, we just hear so much. X player is going to be used in the slot. That's not a receiver. This running back is going to be used in the slot. This tight end is going to be used in the slot. We'll see. But early returns on Dalton Kincaid doesn't get the juices going for me. However, we see a Mr. Tank Dell. The man is fast. The man is speedy. The man is quick. The man was requested by C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud asked if the Texans could go out and draft Tank Dell. They worked out together throughout the offseason. They threw together. And so Stroud said, hey, this is my guy. This is my dog. Draft Tank Dell. And the Texans listened. And now we get Tank Dell, who is tiny, no doubt. The number 13 gives me vibes of a Philip Dorsett, but Tank Dell is a hell of a lot more refined than Philip Dorsett ever was. He's not as fast as Philip Dorsett, 
this isn't a true one for one comparison, but the number 13, that's just the vibe that I get. But Tank Dell could be the starting slot receiver from day one for the Houston Texans. Nico Collins, Robert Woods, John Mechie. There are no guarantees any of those guys keep Tank Dell off the field. There's no guarantees any of those guys even keep Xavier Hutchinson off the field. So I don't know where we stand with Tank Dell. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And with all of these clips flying around that we're posting, we're getting a lot of questions and a lot of comments, concerns. And it's just interesting. It's funny. It's annoying sometimes. Well, why do you have to compare Bryce Young to CJ Stroud? Are you kidding me? Why do we have to compare the number one overall pick to the second overall pick in the same draft at the same position? This is literally our job. This is what we do. This is what you do when quarterbacks are drafted together. No matter what year it is, you are compared to the quarterbacks in your class. It's happening right now with Bryce Young versus CJ Stroud versus Anthony Richardson versus Will Levis. It happened with... Joe Burrow versus Justin Herbert versus Tua, and it's still happening to this day. It happens with Baker Mayfield versus Lamar versus Josh Allen. We still bring that up all the time. It happens constantly. We still talk about Ben Roethlisberger versus Philip Rivers versus Eli Manning. Why are we talking about this? Because it's news. The comments, the people on Twitter, they're quite hilarious. They are an interesting group, but we entertain them. They do drive traffic to the page. They do drive traffic to our website. And speaking of driving in traffic, Tank, not Dell this time, Tank Bigsby, looking pretty good. He gets that number four jersey that he wore back in college. And we've talked about how, well, you know, college number doesn't always matter. You're not always going to be great in college because you're you come in you know you're a freshman and the jerseys can change but tank bigsby number four looking pretty good looking pretty quick looking pretty clean tank bigsby i am starting to come around on the fact that tank bigsby as a threat to trevor lawrence isn't being talked about enough zach charbonnet much bigger threat to kenneth walker but Tank Bigsby is going to take some touches from Travis Etienne. Tank Bigsby is going to take some goal line carries from Travis Etienne. Not great. Not great at all. And speaking of Zach Charbonnet and Ken Walker and Kenny McIntosh, easily, easily, Kenny McIntosh could have been drafted round three. What is with all of these coaches saying bad running back should be drafted round three. First, it was the commanders with Chris Rodriguez, and now it's Kenny McIntosh with the Seahawks. It's ridiculous. No, Kenny McIntosh should not have been drafted round three. Everyone would have laughed if that were to take place. But the running back room is really together at this point, led by Kenny Walker, who is special. Walker had a fantastic offseason. So even with the additions, even with the hype that he is giving Kenny McIntosh for no reason, even with the drafting of Zach Charbonnet, Kenny Walker is still number one 
in the books of Pete Carroll. And that will continue because Ken Walker is a special player. That will bring us to the Washington command. But before we get to that, we got to talk about these rookies or we got to wrap up these rookies with the rookie guide. Podfather, take it away. Oh, I'm wearing Cody's hat in honor of Cody Carpentier. He has finished the rookie guide. It is a masterpiece. The best rookie guide you will read that combines both real NFL draft analysis and fantasy analysis. This guy goes deep. I mean, do you know who Tyon Evans is? This man wrote up and ranked 40 running backs, 40 wide receivers, 15 quarterbacks, and 23 tight ends. 23 tight ends? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. We've got fantasy rookie draft cheat sheets for super flex and single quarterback to go along with these write-ups that include analytics player comps and play style player comps. All the stats you need, the analysis you need to understand what kind of impact these guys are going to have in the NFL and for your fantasy team. So go to playerprofiler.com, go to any player page, go to the NFL draft section and click the button to get the rookie guide. It's just 10 bucks. That's it. That's all. It's not the most expensive, but it is the best. It really, really is the best. And the commanders have sold for the best offer for an NFL team we have ever seen. $6.05 billion. Whew. So much money. $6,500,000. I believe that's how it works. I don't know. That's too big of a number for me to wrap my head around. Ridiculous. Josh Harris ownership group, which means Magic Johnson is now part owner of the Washington Commanders. And what else is there to say other than ding dong, Dan Snyder is gone. The Wicked Witch is gone. The Commanders, the reign of terror over Washington, D.C. that Dan Snyder had for years is over. And that is a good thing. Now. It's up for debate who the worst owner in all of sports is because it was obviously Dan Snyder for years and years and years. Now, Eileen Stephen Ross, but it could be the owner of the Browns, too, whose name is escaping me right now. But now it's not unanimous before it was unanimous. Dan Snyder, worst owner in any sport is out of here. And that is a good thing. We still are waiting to hear the results of Dan Snyder's investigation by Mary Jo White. The investigation is coming to a close, and Snyder really tried to make it part of the sale that, well, you can't release the investigation if I sell. Yeah, we can do what we want, Dan, because if you don't sell this team yourself, we're going to kick you out. So buckle up, bucko. And of course, the NFL called this bluff. Dan Snyder sells the team. We're waiting for it to be officially voted on. We need 24 We need 24 owners to say yes. And if they get that and when they get that, the commanders will change hands. We will get the results of the workplace and sexual misconduct investigation on Dan Snyder in the near-ish future. But for now, we just have to celebrate that Dan Snyder is gone. This is a good thing. Another good thing is the Green Bay Packers signing Jonathan Owens. He was a starting safety for the Houston Texans last year. Probably a starter for the Packers this year. He'll compete with Darnell Savage and Rudy Ford. Those two were, 
it was weird last year for the Packers. Savage got benched for a period. Rudy Ford stepped in for him. Then Savage earned a spot back. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but Jonathan Owens, probably at least a part-time starter. And also congrats to Jonathan Owens. The husband of Simone Biles just got married last weekend or the weekend before. So congratulations on signing with the Packers. Best of luck. Still can't believe that Adrian Amos is unsigned, the Packers free agent safety. That one is ridiculous to me, but here we am. And here we am with Tom Brady. Tom Brady is in the works to become a part owner of an NFL franchise. And no, it's not the Miami Dolphins as we all expected. No, Tom Brady is working out a deal with Mark Davis, owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, to become a literal owner of the Raiders. Because we all know Tom Brady has owned the Raiders ever since the tuck rule anyways. (laughs) 